Well, real quick, before we even begin, I want to uh, commend um, three shepherds who uh, were with us uh, working very hard prior to me even being here. Uh, Clint, Chuck, and Don want to say thank you for your service. Um, it means so. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's right. Know, know how difficult uh, it is to uh, serve as a shepherd. I say that because uh, my dad was an elder for many years, my grandfather, so I'm an elder slash preacher kid, and I remember the long nights, the sleepless nights, uh, the long phone calls, the conversation, the tears, the sweat. Uh, I don't know if I could say blood. I'm trying to think here. Uh, no, no blood, no blood, but uh, it's a very, very difficult job to serve as a shepherd, and I just want to say thank you to the men that served in that, that, that role for the past year. Uh, thank you so much for your stick to for your courage, for your strength, and I want to welcome in our, our four uh, new shepherds. Excited to have them installed today. Uh, I went from having two bosses to six bosses in about 10 minutes, um, so don't know. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm excited about that. Had multiple conversations uh, with these men and excited to see the vision that they're going to set here at this church. And as we come alongside them and support them, I think we're going to be well, well off and well taken care of. So I want to say good morning and welcome to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. To our visitors, we want to let you know that you are our honored guest. I don't know what brought you out here today. I don't know if you're looking for a church home or if you're looking for encouragement or if mom and dad brought you here, you're with family. Whatever your needs or concerns are, we're excited and happy that you're here. We'd ask that you do us a favor, though. In the back of your pew, you'll find a visitor's card. We want you to take that out, fill that out. There's a box in the foyer that you can place that card into, or you can pass it into me or one of our six shepherds. Amen? So you should be able to get that turned in. We want to reach out to you and invite you back to our church. We want to give you a call and encouragement. And if you're looking to place membership, I think you've come to the right church because I don't think you'll find a finer church in all of Mission Viejo. Amen? Well, today we are going to continue on in our sermon series entitled Home Improvement. And as you know, families are in a time of great transition right now with children heading back to school and mom and dad both working, the stress placed on the American family today can be very difficult to handle. And as a result, we sometimes make mistakes in our family units, and I believe all of us here this morning with families could use a little home improvement. Amen? Now, like we stated last week, if you're single, or if you're without family, I still believe that you'll be able to benefit from this sermon series because these principles apply to all Christians, not just those with family. So last week, we talked about uh, the important... Actually, let's go to week one. Week one, we talked about how to build a satisfying marriage, and we said that in order to have a healthy and strong family unit, you've got to have a satisfying marriage. It starts with mom and dad because projection often happens in the family unit. So if mom and dad are at each other's throat constantly, if they're bickering, fussing, and fighting, that gets projected onto the children. It can have lasting impact. So if you want to have a healthy family, it starts with a satisfying marriage. And as I'm looking across the auditorium this morning, I can tell that you couples, those with family units, have a wonderful, satisfying marriage. I'm seeing you smiling and holding hands, and that's wonderful. Amen. So 
It starts with that. And I gave you six principles to keep in mind in order to have a satisfying marriage, and hopefully you implemented some of those ideas. Last week, we talked about this, uh, this taboo topic of incompatibil incompatibility in marriage. If you've been married long enough, you know at times you and your spouse seem very incompatible. And sometimes those incompatibilities can cause a lot of trouble, a lot of hardship in the relationship in marriage. Now, I want to make this clear. Everyone who is married has incompatibilities, and you have to work in your marriage to overcome those incompatibilities, and I gave you some principles last week that could help with that. So hopefully you've implemented some of those, and you guys are just as compatible as can be this morning. Some of you guys are like, yeah, right, we got in a fight this morning before we came to, came to church. That's all right, it happens, amen, it happens. So this week, week three, I want to spend our time talking about what a family is for. I think that, that God did create the family and God gave us rules and uh, structure. And today I want to talk about why he did create the family and how the family is supposed to be structured. And those of you with family this morning, hopefully you can look as we go through this material and check off the list and say, yeah, we're doing a good job with that. Some of you may say, I need some work in that area, but this is what it's for. So let's focus in and talk about this material today and kind of figuring out what a family is for. So the story goes that a little girl asked her daddy, Daddy, can I go outside and play with the boys? Her daddy said, No, you can't play with the boys. They're too rough. And the little girl thought about it for a few moments, and then she asked her dad, Daddy, if I find a smooth boy, can I go out and play with him? <laughs> to which the dad said, Smooth boys are even worse than the rough ones. Amen. You know, uh, God has a purpose for your family. And one of those purposes is to provide a place of security. Amen? However, I believe that families today are broken. And many families aren't living according to God's design. And if you think about it, the very definition of what a family is has changed today. And the family unit looks much different than it did 50 years ago. And the family unit is not some new idea. It's an idea that God created long ago in the very beginning. And that's why we look at passages like Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 18. And it says something very profound. It says, it's not good for man to be alone. Amen? I know that very well. You should see me when new Mary goes to New Hampshire. It's, it's a rough time. Very rough time for me. It's not good for man to be alone. So God, in the beginning, created a family so that you could live and move and have security and peace and harmony together. God loves the family and family units, and he wants you to have a healthy one this morning. So if you're struggling, if you're working through some things in your family, that's okay. All of us have been there or are there. This morning, I want to flesh out why God created the family and what we need to do to kind of help in that process of learning what the family is for. So I've got four points this morning, and then I'm going to sit down. So if you're taking notes, I'll go pretty slow and, and share with you the four points that I want to start with. 
And these, I believe, are God's four purposes for your family. What's a family for? These four purposes. Number one, a family is to provide shelter from storms. That's point number one. A family is designed to provide shelter from storms. Point number two is this. A family is supposed to be a garden of growth. A garden of growth. Point number three is this. A family is a place to enjoy life. And then point number four, a family is a launch pad for ministry. A launch pad for ministry. And I believe if you think about these four purposes, you'll begin to understand why God created the family and what the family is for. Mike, go to this uh, very first slide. I want to look at this passage together found in Proverbs chapter 14, verses 26 and 27. It says this, He who fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for his children it will be a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life turning a man from the snares of death. That's a very important passage because it tells us that when God made you, he didn't say that life was going to be easy, if you think about it. When you were made, God didn't say, you know, life for you is going to be uh, roses all the time. In fact, the Bible says that in this life, you will encounter a lot of hardships. And if you haven't encountered those hardships yet, just continue to live a little longer and you will. Life is hard. And just because you're a Christian, it doesn't mean that you won't experience trouble. And I know that is not a popular theology, but it's so true. God didn't say that there won't be storms in life, but he does say that he'll help you in the midst of those storms. So life is very fragile, it's frail, it's broken, and a lot of times we encounter difficulties and hardships. And when you go to your family, your family is supposed to be a place of security, peace, love, and encouragement. You know, growing up, I, I grew up in the South. I don't know how many here this morning grew up in the South, but chances are many of you grew up in the South. And in the South, in Georgia, we often had tornadoes that would arise out of a moment's notice. And maybe you've been there before. If you've ever been in one of those tornadoes, you know it's a scary situation. But in most Southern homes, especially live, if you live in the countryside, they have a, a, a storm shelter that is usually built underground. And when the storm comes, the family unit is supposed to go into the storm shelter and allow the tornado to pass through. And usually those storm tornadoes work miracles because they save you from the storm. So our families experience storms all the time. We as people experience storms. We experience the storms of change. I remember when I was 17, I uh, joined the army uh, because I wanted to get away from mom and dad. I wanted to start my new life, and I didn't know what the, you know, what, what, boot camp and all that stuff entailed, but I went away for the first time at 17 years old, and I went to boot camp, and I remember while being at boot camp, I was really, really homesick. I would often call home, I would write letters, the drill sergeants were yelling at you, telling you what to do, what not to do. It was a hard situation, and I remember when I graduated from boot camp, and I went home for the first time, I really, literally just broke down in tears. Because life was really hard, but as soon as I stepped into my mom and dad's home, there was something about being at home that made me feel, what? Safe and secure. 
and it let me know that everything in life was going to be okay. I hope and pray this morning that your home is a place like that, a place of security from the difficulties and storms of life. We experience storms of failure. I remember a time when my brother went out for a football team and didn't make the team, and he was having such a hard time. He was so discouraged, so down, but when he went home to mom and dad, mom and dad told him, everything is going to be okay. We experience storms of rejection. I don't know if you know this, but if you have young kids that are in elementary school, elementary school is a crazy place, isn't it? My goodness, kids are so mean and so rude and so disrespectful, and sometimes our children experience rejection. Alayla's not here this morning, but when Alayla was four years old, Alayla had a speech problem because she had uh, problems with her ear and with her, uh, her, her throat. She had to get her adenoids removed, so she couldn't hear and she couldn't speak very well. And I remember Layla coming home from school one day in tears saying that the kids were making fun of her because of the way that she talked. And it made me so upset as a father. But all I did for her that day is I brought her in and I said, Alayla, don't worry about it. You're perfect just the way you are, and your daddy loves you, and everything is going to be okay. The home is a place of shelter and security, and that's the way God designed it. You see, the home is not a place of harshness where you're rude and mean and disrespectful. The home is not a place where you put each other down more than you build up. The home is a place of security, and chances are if you grew up in a broken home system where mom was rude and dad was rude or they were absent or they were not there and they mistreated you, that had profound impacts and impl- uh, profound impacts on your life today. You see, the home is a place of security, and it should be, and if it's not, that's something that we have to work on. Next slide, if you will, Mike. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 10 and 12, New Living Translation. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But people who are alone when they fall are in real trouble. And on a cold night under two, the same, uh, under the same blanket can gain warmth from each other. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. There's something about having a family that gives you strength. There's something about family that gives you strength. I remember a time when my brother uh, got into some trouble at school, and he was having a fight in the playground. A fight in the playground. And there was kids circling around, and they were yelling, fight, 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 fight. And there's six of us. There's six Dardens. So I remember my brother was getting ready to get in a fight, and he yelled out, he said, help! And all the Dardens came out of the various classrooms, and we showed up. And guess what? They didn't lay a hand on my brother, because if they dealt with him, they had to deal with us all. Amen. There's something about family that gives you strength and lets you know that nobody's going to mess with you because your family has your back. And I love what Skeeter said this morning about the family. We're one. No matter what we go through, we can fight, we can fuss, but when it comes to times of difficulty and hardship where one in the family provides strength. Point number two is this. Let's go to the next slide, Mike. The family is a garden for growth. In Psalm 144, verse number 12, it says this, 
Then our sons in their youth will be like well-nurtured plants, and our daughters will be like pillars carved to adorn a palace. What does this mean? Well, it means that a family is a training ground for your children. Not, not so much the church as a training ground, but really, really the family, the home is a training ground for your children. And the question is, what are you teaching your children at home this morning? Your kids learn about life through watching you. Amen. And typically what happens is you have a child that grows up to be just like you, don't you? Right? And your mom used to say it all the time, I can't wait because you're going to have a daughter or a son just like you. So the question is, what are we teaching our children? Because they mirror and monitor everything that we're doing. I have a daughter named Isabella that can be the most sarcastic kid in the world. And Mary always reminds me, Jason, she gets it from you. She gets it from you. You know, generations of your family will be affected by what you teach your kids right now. Did you know that? I want to say that one more time. Generations of your family will be affected by what you teach your kids. You know, all the men in my family growing up joined the army and played football because grandpa joined the army and played football. So all of us did the same. Did you not know that meanness gets passed on to your children? Did you not know that anger gets passed on to your children? Did you not know that worry gets passed on to your children? But on the flip side, know that kindness gets passed on to your children. Know that joy gets passed on to your children. Know that encouragement gets passed on to your children. And know that affection gets passed on to your children. So the question is again, what are you teaching your children at home? Next slide, Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse number 19 says this. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and your minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Very powerful passage of scripture. What is it saying to us this morning? It's saying we've got to teach our children about what thus saith the Lord. Amen? We've got to teach our children about what saith the Lord. That's the job, that's the duty of a family unit to make sure that you train your children up in the nurture and admiration of the Lord. We've got to train them up and teach them what thus saith the Lord so that when they grow old, the Bible said, they'll not uh, depart, for it, depart from it. Next point is this. Let's go to the next slide, Mike. The family is a place to enjoy life. It really is. If you think about the home, it should be a home filled with joy and smiles and happiness. The home is a place where you can be completely yourself, or it should be. You should be able to relax and have fun with your family. You know what? I have a family of singers, and you would never know it, but I know some of my neighbors have to be annoyed because all, <laughs> all of us in the family, we sing when we get home. We'll be singing, let it go. I sing it. I know it's a problem. I mean, we just get home, and we just have a good time singing all the time, and sometimes we leave our windows open, so when I drive home, I'm hearing uh, Alayla, Izzy, and Mary just singing songs, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, our home is that way. It's, a, it's a, a place of stability and safety, a place where you can go, relax, have fun, and be yourself. 
the fondest memories that I have in my youth are times where I was having fun with my family. When my dad would take me out and play basketball with me or we'd throw the football or sit and talking to mom. But you know what? Some homes today are burdened with problems that are projected onto their kids. You're not doing well at your job, so you're stressed out when you come home. Let me tell you this about your career. Your kids can care less about your career. I know that sounds harsh, but it's so true. Your kids can care less about your career. They just want to have fun with you and spend time with mom and dad. And that is a primary concern. But I've also met some families and some parents that make their homes like a boot camp. You ever seen that before? So rigid that their kids can't have fun at all. And I want to say this, that homes shouldn't be like a museum. They should be more like Disneyland. Some of you might be saying, I don't know about that. You see kids at Disneyland? <laughs> okay, maybe I take that back. I don't... But all I'm trying to say is it should be a place where there's fun and enjoyment and lasting memories. It should be the happiest place on earth. But sometimes our homes are the exact opposite. I know some children that go home, and when they enter into the house, they physically have stomach aches because of what's going on between mom and dad. And they can't take it, so all they want to do is get away. The home should not be like that. It should be a place where you enjoy life and you have fun with each other. And I want to say this too. Parents, don't just put up with your kids. I know some parents that treat their children like pets. As long as they have food, shelter, and a place to stay, uh, food, clothing, and, and, and shelter, they, and, and a place to stay, they're, they're good. That's all. I've done my job. Now they need to figure out life by themselves because I've given them what I can give them. But that's not God's design for how you raise your children. Don't treat them like a pet, but enjoy them because guess what? You don't have much time with the kids. And for those of you who have grown, grown children now that have been married for a while, you're looking back and you just go, what happened? They were like this, and now they're grown out of the house, and I have to beg them to come and visit me. What's going on? Now, you don't have much time with your kids, so cherish these moments right now while you have them. Amen? And then lastly, I want to leave you with this, and then I'll step down. This is so, so important. So if you don't get anything that I say this morning, just focus on, on this, kind of this next section. Point number four, the family is a launch pad for ministry. Go to this next slide, Mike, if you will. Joshua 24, verse number 15, says this, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your forefathers served beyond the river or the god the Amorites in whose land you are now living. Last sentence is so powerful. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Nothing brings your family together more than serving the Lord with one another. Your family can become really close if you're serving alongside each other. And that's why attending church together is so vitally important. Bring your family to church and spend time with each other. I remember growing up, we would go to church every single Sunday every single Sunday night, 
every single Wednesday. And on Sunday afternoon after church, we would have to go to Ryan's. Y'all don't know about Ryan's here, but Ryan's was an all-you-can-eat place down in the south. And we would go to Ryan's, and we'd have to beat the Baptists before they got there. Cause, but we would get to Ryan's, and I remember we would sit down, and we would just enjoy one another's company. We did that every single Sunday. So now, as adults, my brothers and sisters and I, we just feel strange if we're not at church on Sunday, like something is missing. You guys know where I'm coming from? You've been there before, right? You just don't feel right if you're not at church, like something is missing in your life. And my parents taught me that, and that what, what's led me to become a, a, a preacher today. I just can't help it. I have to be in the house of the Lord. Parents, your number one priority is to teach the love of Christ to your children. That's number one Priority. And you know what I do every day that I think uh, everybody should be doing? I know you're doing. I shouldn't even say just me. I know you're already doing. I pray for my daughters every single day. Every day that they would grow up to become Christians. That's my prayer every day. And I can't wait for the day that I get to baptize Layla and Izzy. I can't, I'm counting off the days. I can't wait. I pray for them every single day that they become Christians. I also pray that they'd marry a Christian spouse that loves them unconditionally. That's my prayer every single day. And then I pray that they would have Christian children and a Christian household. That's my prayer every single day. Parents, you ought to be praying that prayer every day, that your children would grow up to be strong, faithful Christians in the church. And guess what? If you're not doing that now, you can start today. Do it right now. Ministry first starts in the home. You know, we just appointed uh, four new elders, four new shepherds. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says if their home life is not right, how are they able to lead or going to be able to lead in the church? So there's something about that idea of having a pure, sanctified, correctly structured home first that tells us you've got to have that first, and then you can start serving the Lord in the church. And I'm so thankful to God that we have men, these new shepherds that have families that they love, and their children have been raised up the right way, and now they're able to serve. The family is a launch pad for ministry. Start at home today. I just want to end with this. The breakdown of the family. You can go to this last slide, Mike. The breakdown of the family is causing huge problems in both the church and society as a whole. And I hope and pray that more preachers, more ministers, more teachers would teach more on this topic, home. Fix up home. That's your first ministry mission ground. And guess what? You know what? All of us make mistakes. We fall short sometimes. So all of us can continue to work on these principles to help us. So this morning, by way of invitation, if there's someone here, maybe a family unit, maybe mom and dad feel like they've been falling short in that area, that's okay because all of us do. This invitation is for you. We want you to come forward. We'll pray with you. We'll pray for you. We'll encourage you. We'll build, build you up. Maybe there's someone here this morning that's not a Christian. Maybe you grew up in a rough family unit, maybe had a difficult upbringing. Guess what? That doesn't have to define you. In Christ, you are a new creation, a brand new creature. The old things are gone, and behold, all things become new. So this morning, if you need a brand new start, this invitation is for you as well. We've got a baptistry ready. We'll baptize you today, and you can be added to the church. We've got a song of invitation selected. 
during this song of invitation, we're inviting you to come. Come down to the front. Sit down on the front. We'll pray with you. We'll pray for you. Whatever your needs and concerns are, won't you come together while we stand and sing?